Well, we lost the first Sunday in Advent to a snowstorm, didn't we? And so tonight we greet the new season and we say together, Happy Advent. Advent, of course, comes to us from a Latin word, Adventus, which simply means coming. And Advent, always one of my favorite seasons because there's so much packed in to four weeks. In fact, Advent does double duty, as during those four weeks, it has two distinct messages. Well, the most familiar message of Advent is this. Okay, people, now it's time to prepare to celebrate the first coming of Christ to this earth. And preparing for Christmas is what usually dominates, you know, three out of the four weeks of Advent. But the second message of Advent is no less important. And that message is, okay, people, now it's also time to prepare for the second coming of Christ. And traditionally, that's how Advent begins, with that second message. And that's our focus tonight. So without further ado, Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and our Lord, and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our meditation on this Advent night is taken from the 13th chapter of Paul's letter written to the Christians who lived in Rome. Listen again to verse 11. Paul says, Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. So far, our text. Tragedy made its way into my life about three weeks ago as my favorite coffee cup was being lovingly washed on a Monday morning. I blame the viscosity of Dawn dishwashing soap because somehow the cup escaped slippery hands and it went crashing down. Why is my wife shaking her head at me right now? <laughs> she knows this cup, okay? And the handle broke in a couple of pieces, and I tried to super glue it, and nope, gone. Yep, it met its de demise at the bottom of my sink. But as I carried the remains of my ceramic friend, which whom I had greeted so many mornings to its final resting place in the recycle bin, I read the slogan embossed on the inside of this mug for the last time. And it says, life is short, stay awake for it. And suddenly, out of the ashes of my caffeine catastrophe, new hope New purpose sprung. My pastoral brain was humming because who knew that the theme for the beginning of the Advent season would reveal itself in the depths of a broken coffee cup. But there it was. Life is short. Stay awake for it. Life is short. That's the first part of Paul's message tonight. It's short. And over the years, I remember seniors here at church making the comment that, you know, Pastor, the older uh, that you get, the faster the pages turn on the calendar. And then they would say, make sure you make every moment count. Sage advice from our owls, huh? those older, wiser Lutherans. 
Several years ago, USA Today reported that one-third of American adults push the snooze button every morning an average of three times. And the biggest culprits, 57% of younger snoozers, ages 25 to 35, they push that button every day. But by comparison, only 10% of those polled over the age of 65 ever used the snooze button at all. And the article concluded, well, maybe that's because seniors have finally come to the realization of how precious time is. And the Apostle Paul would agree with that. Time is short, he says. The clock is ticking, or to use Paul's exact words in verse 11, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. And leave it to the great apostle to measure this thing we call time, not so much in, in minutes or hours or months or years, but how close you are to seeing the resurrected Jesus with your own eyes on judgment day. Indeed, Paul's awareness and his urgency at just the thought of Christ's return, it's a common theme that splashed across the pages of the New Testament and especially among the earliest believers. Early Christians lived their lives as if they were going to meet Jesus every new morning. And there's a lesson there. Rather than being obsessed with the past, Christians have always been focused upon the future, which is why Paul says what he says. Life is short. Christ will be here soon. Stay awake for him. So what do you think about that? Are you ready to meet your maker? You know, there's a nice sermon title for you. Are you ready to meet your savior? Are you awake or are you sleeping? Well, here's what being awake looks like. Who here has flown on an airplane, oh, say, in the last year or two? Raise your hand. You lucky people, okay. All right, then you know what happens when you go through security these days, don't you? You have this experience. You're made to experience the full body scanner. Okay? And you stand there in your socks, and your pants are ready to fall down around your ankles because your belt is in the bin that's going through the conveyor belt, right? Okay, And your arms are outstretched as the machine gives you the once-over from head uh, to toe and then some. And what is the machine looking for? Really, pretty simple. Anything dangerous, anything destructive. Tonight, as we begin the season of Advent, the Apostle Paul wants to use the Word of God to give your heart, your soul, and your life a full body scan. What's the purpose of the scan? To bring to light anything spiritually dangerous or spiritually destructive in your life. Anything that would embarrass you in the eyes of your Savior. Anything that might cause Jesus to say, I don't know you, should indeed he come this night. A full spiritual body scan. What would that reveal about you? And what would it reveal about me? What would it reveal about your web browser activity? Would your favorite websites make Jesus proud? Or would it make him 
blush? What about the way you treat your parents or your children or your spouse or your friends or your boss or your enemies? What you do, what you think, what you say uh, behind their back? Would Jesus discover that the only reason you're in church tonight is because your parents made you come? And what about your sexuality? What about that part of your life? And what would happen when the scanner revealed the top five things that you love more than anything else? Would Jesus see his name on the list? Don't you see? For the Christian, staying awake during these end times means allowing the word of God to take an inventory of your heart and your soul uh, and your life to find anything dangerous, anything destructive, anything that might prevent Jesus from recognizing you on that last day. And what do you do with the destructive stuff when you find it? You get rid of it. You toss it in the dumpster. You throw it out. You throw it overboard. Or to use Paul's words, so then let, let us cast off the works of darkness and put on Jesus Christ. If you want to stay awake until Jesus comes, Paul says, make a wardrobe change. Take off, remove the darkness of the world that you've been wearing like a second skin. Take it off and instead put on Jesus. You know, they do say that clothes make the man. And I thought about this particular adage as I sat in the back of a church this past May and watched our associate pastor become a husband. Gone was the flannel shirt that he'd been wearing since the Bush administration. Okay. Gone the jeans that maybe made a few too many trips to the chicken coop. Okay, missing from his wardrobe was anything John Deere. Although you probably had something John Deere on if I, if I know you. But no, new suit, okay, new tie, new shirt, new cowboy boots. Sure, I could have still identified him in a police lineup. Sure, okay, but I'll tell you what, he looked different. He looked awfully good. Oh, you were styling, big guy. You were styling. Clothes can make a huge difference, especially when that which is covering you is Jesus Christ. Paul loved this analogy. He loved this analogy of being completely covered up by his Savior. He uses it here, put on Jesus Christ. He uses it again in Galatians 3, 27, where he says, For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves uh, with Christ. Hey, how do you stay awake during these end times? How do you prepare to meet your maker? Get rid of the spiritual darkness in your wardrobe. Put on Jesus instead. You know, he's been hanging in the closet of your heart since the day you were baptized. And maybe you've taken him off along the way. Maybe you got lost in that darkness that Paul talks about. Put Jesus on again. I'm telling you, it will be a perfect fit. Enjoy what it feels like to have the darkness of your sins forgotten and forgiven by the light of the world. Did you hear that? I said forgotten and forgiven by the light of the world. Enjoy what it feels like to be loved 
and accept it with no ifs, no what ifs, no strings attached. Enjoy what it's like to have Jesus in control of your life. To have Jesus at the, at the steering wheel, you know, and watch your stress uh, melt away. Feel the pure joy of what it's like to be ready and prepared inside and out to meet your Jesus when he comes again. And make no mistake about it, we do live in the end times. And he will come soon. Life is short. It seems to rush downhill faster than ever before. Be ready for when Jesus comes back. Stay awake for him. Let God's word give your life a full spiritual body scan. Get rid of the darkness. Outfit yourself with the light of the world instead. And when Jesus comes, may he find you decked out in your finest, in his unconditional love, in his perfect forgiveness, and in his gift of eternal life. And until that day comes, wear Jesus. Wear him on your sleeve every day and wear him proudly. I'm still rather sad about Old Green, my favorite coffee cup. How in the world am I ever going to replace that cup? <laughs> hey, life is short. Christ is coming soon. Stay awake for him. Amen. And the peace in Christ that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.